0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sumulong Baptist Church podcast. We are glad that you have chosen to join us in worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ through listening to God's Word. Welcome to our service today, this day that the world celebrates as Easter Sunday, where we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. Hey, we want to ask you to do a few things. Uh, If you're here with us today, comment in the uh, comment section below. Uh, invite somebody to watch this uh, broadcast with us as well. Uh, when you're done, you can invite them to our Long Baptist Church Facebook page, and we want as many people as possible to hear this message of hope today uh, that Jesus alone saves. And so we're so glad to be with you today. We're sorry we can't meet together again, uh, but we're so glad we can meet together online. And we hope you and your family are doing great. We miss you guys. We're praying for you, and we hope that you're doing well. Well, you know, as we look today, I want to ask you to turn to John 19, verse 30. And I'm actually calling this message, It Is Finished. And, uh, you know, there's seven sayings of Jesus while he was on the cross, and I just want to give those to you quickly. Uh, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Uh, When he said to his mother and to the disciple, Mother, this is your son. Son, this is your mother. He said, I thirst Then he also said to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. And then he said these words, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me as his father turned his back on him? And then he said, it is finished. And then he said those words into your hands, I commend or I commit my spirit. The Bible says in John 19, 30, though, and this is the the words of Jesus that I want to look at in this passage in John nineteen thirty, it says, when he had received the sponge with sour wine, Jesus said, it is finished. Now, sometimes when we think of those words, we might think that Jesus meant that that was the end of his life and he was about to take his final breath. But it is finished in English in is three words, of course. In Koine Greek, the language of the Bible, it's only one word. And that word is tetelestai. We've talked about this before in previous years, but it comes from the root word teleo. And this was a common word in communication. Uh, This is something that would be said often in daily life. It means the completion of a transaction. It means the agreement had been fulfilled. This was used by merchants to say something had been paid in full. It's a victorious word it's a word of achievement. It means that there's no more debt. There's no more payment required. It's paid off. It's done. It's finished. This is what Jesus said. He said that one word to tell us die. It is finished. You know, as a Christian, it might be something that we think when we're on our deathbed that heaven is just around the corner. Paul said the same type of thing in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He said, "I have finished" one word to tell us die can speak volumes so when jesus said it is finished and he was saying those words and he was thinking that thought what was finished when jesus declares this on the cross so i want you to look at your outlines if you can see that on our facebook page or if you've been able to print that off you can take notes with us today but i want you to look at point number 1 what was finished here it was paid fully what was paid for fully this is what we want to focus on a little bit this this morning the cross addresses the problem of sin the debt incurred by the human race because of sin that we are unable to pay this is what was paid for in full anyone have debts right now that you just can't pay off you can't you can't pay them right now they just won't seem to go away Or they've been delayed because of the COVID-19 situation and they're just hanging over your head. That's how it is for you and me as Christians. We have this debt over us called sin. It's something we're born with. Uh, We have willfully sinned against God. It is a debt that hangs over us. Why is sin a debt that we cannot pay? It's a debt that we cannot pay because you and I can't take care of the transaction. Look with me at 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, For our sake he made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It required Jesus because of the holiness of God. Because of what God required in this transaction, we had a sin debt that we could not pay. And, the, and the, the payment that was required was a perfect sacrifice, a perfect payment. That's Jesus, the one who is perfect. Therefore, since God is perfect, the payment for sin should also be perfect as well. You and I can't do that. We can't be a perfect sacrifice. We have a debt that we are unable to pay. In the world, most people don't believe this. They think that enough religion, enough sacraments, enough church, enough good enough charity, and I think that's a danger right now, uh, that that we need need charity, and we need uh, benevolence, and, and we need to reach out to people in need, and somehow people might think, well, I gave some food to the poor, or I helped out this family, or I helped out my neighbor, so that must raise my status with God. That's not how God sees it. That's not how God thinks about it. They think that they can pay off the debt that they owe with their good works, but it just cannot be and here's something else to think about God doesn't grade on uh, on a curved scale you don't get a a pass in grade you don't get a pass into heaven because you were good or you tried to be good enough God doesn't reduce your debt uh, because of your good works and he cannot reduce your debt down because of his nature one sin is just as bad as a million sins his nature is perfect And whether we are talking about people in general or you and me as individuals, we are all in the same boat. We all have a sin debt we could never repay. Ever since Adam messed up and sinned in the garden, lamb sacrifices delayed the punishment. The sins were rolled forward every year until Jesus satisfied and fulfilled the payment of the debt that the father required. Sin is a debt you and I cannot pay. Only Jesus can. I can't pay it. Our church cannot pay it. Only Jesus can pay your debt and my debt. So people might think, well, if I can get close enough, I'll be okay. So let's pretend, let's take an example here. Let's pretend that there's a championship basketball game that's tied up 100 to 100. It's an incredibly close game. And there's just a few seconds left in the game. And the star player on one team gets the pass, and he shoots, and it hits the top of the rim, and it rolls around the hoop a couple of times, and at the last second, it pops out, and time runs out. The player runs over to the referee, and he argues his case, and he says, but it was so close. It was so close, ref. Can't you just count the basket? It it hit the rim. It rolled around. It almost went in. Can't you just count that, and we can win the game? Close doesn't make a basket. Close doesn't win the game. It requires points. It requires something. So let's choose another example. Hey, would you like to go on a trip with me? Hey, we'd, we'd like to go anywhere right now, right? You know, um, I'd like to though invite you to a race and I'd like to invite our whole church to this race, okay? And we're going to go to the ocean and we're going to have a race to see who can swim to Hawaii first, okay? Now, how far would you get? How far would everyone in our church get? Some of us can't even swim. How likely would it be that you and I would make it to Hawaii if we swam from the Philippines to Hawaii? Let's say that I go the farthest out of everyone. Let's, so, let's say I go the farthest distance. Maybe I swim five miles or 10 miles or 20 miles. Maybe I go as far as I can, but I promise you this, I could not reach Hawaii. None of us could swim on our own strength to Hawaii. It's just too far away. If we can understand an example like that, and we recognize, and nobody would even take that challenge, to swim to Hawaii, I can't do that. I'm not a good enough swimmer. I'm not strong enough. If we can understand an example like that, why is it so hard for so many people to understand that they cannot earn their way to heaven? That race would require completion. Salvation is something you and I cannot complete. We cannot do on our own. It doesn't matter how good you are. You can't get from earth to heaven on your own. It's just too far. Sin is a penalty you cannot pay. Jesus finished the transaction for you. He said to Telestai, it is finished. He paid it in full with his life. So let's go to point number two this morning. What was the payment in it is finished? Why was Jesus able to say it is finished to tell us die why was he able to say that what was the payment jesus gave up his spirit no one took his life he willingly gave up his life he gave up his spirit and died the bible says that the soul that sins dies you and i because of sin we know that we have a, a mortal life and we won't live forever in this life we know that the bible reminds us in romans 6:23 That the wages of sin is death. Because of our sin, we deserve death and we deserve eternal death. Separation from God in a place called hell. But the second part of that verse says, But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin is death. The penalty for sin is death. Physical death is a separation of the soul from the body. But spiritual death is separation from the soul from God. And this is, again, what some people don't understand and they don't realize. They think that maybe after they die, somehow there's going to be some second chance. No, but the Bible says that it's appointed that a man wants to die, and after this, the judgment. So there's no second chance after you die. So what you decide in this life is very important. Here's the thing about sin, is you and I, we own the debt. We own the debt. And only God owns enough to pick up the tab for our sin sin is your problem sin is my problem sin is the problem of every person on this planet but only God can pay the penalty for your sin only God can pay the payment for your sin Romans 3 23 reminds us that all have sinned and because you and I have sinned we fall short of the glory of God we can't go far enough we can't go high enough we can't be good enough We cannot compare to a holy God. The sin debt must be paid, though, and the penalty is death. So how does God, who is spirit, who is eternal, who is perfect, how does he pay the debt of sin for us, the penalty of sin? How can that bill be paid? How can that transaction be settled? How could God say to tell us, die? It is finished. It is transaction. It is paid for. Here's the solution God became man. The incarnation, the virgin birth. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. God, his father, Mary, his mother. Jesus is one of a kind, he is unique. He is supreme. He is the one that could be the sacrifice for our sins. And that's why the whole world will stop and pause today. And they'll think about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus because he stands alone and he stands supreme. The death of Jesus fully paid our sin debt because Jesus, who is God, died for our sins. The payment is death. Hallelujah, what a Savior that we have that would come to this earth and would live among us. He would live that perfect sinless life for us so that he could pay a debt we could never pay because we're sinful. Here's the amazing thing for you and me to think about. Because of our sins, we are enemies with God. Because of our sin, we're born separated from God. And Jesus laid down his life for us. Tony Evans says this, Jesus paid the debt expressing his love for the sinner without compromising his nature. Jesus, who is 100% God, 100% man, never compromised. He never failed. He never stumbled. He paid the debt expressing the greatest expression of love on the cross that's ever been expressed the god man jesus who had no debt himself that's why he was able to pay the debt because he is perfect go back to second corinthians 5:21 for me with me for just a second for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus who knew no sin in exchange, we become the righteousness of God in him. The Holy God, perfect. God demands perfection. Are you and I perfect? No way. No way. We're so far from perfect. But Jesus, who lived 33 years on this earth, lived a perfect life. He didn't think, act, or do one thing wrong. Hallelujah, what a Savior. What an amazing Savior that we have. Here's another example I want you to think about. Let's say you owe 100 million pesos in debt, and you cannot repay it. But one day the bank calls you, and tells you that someone else has paid your debt in full because they had plenty of money to cover your debt. This is exactly what Jesus did for us. He paid the price of sin, death. Jesus' righteousness is credited us. It's not only that your sin debt has been paid, but now the righteousness of Jesus has been credited to you and me. And you automatically have a surplus your sin debt forgiven, Christ's righteousness credited to your account. Hallelujah, what a Savior. He didn't do just the bare minimum for us. He gave his life, which is the most incredible gift that's ever been given, but he now gives you a surplus of righteousness that you can walk in and live in every day. Jesus is unique. He stands alone supreme. Acts 4.12 reminds us of their salvation in no other name except the name of Jesus. So we know that Jesus was able to make this payment. But here's something people struggle with often. And I want you to go to number three. What is the proof of the payment? What is proof of payment that Jesus has really paid for these sins? In a restaurant... If I pay for the meal with a debit or a credit card, there is a merchant copy and a customer copy. There is proof of payment. There's an official receipt. How do we know that Jesus is the way? How do we know that it's not Muhammad or it's not Buddha? It is the resurrection that makes Jesus Christ unique. A dead Savior can't help anyone. Let me say that again for everyone who's listening. A dead Savior cannot help anyone. When we see those images of Jesus still on the cross, a dead Savior on the cross doesn't help anyone. It's not just that Jesus died on the cross. A a dead teacher or a dead religious leader that sits in the grave today cannot help anyone. It's not just that Jesus died on the cross. Yes, he was nailed to that, that tree, he was nailed to those pieces of wood. He was nailed to that cross, and he did breathe his final breath. He was buried in a borrowed tomb, but he rose again. He rose again. Let's go to John 20, verses 4 through 10, and let's look at the resurrection of Jesus. And let's look at Peter and John as they go to the grave. John chapter 20, it says, both of them, Peter and John, were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there. And he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him, and he went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloth lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen. You know, some people tried to say that Jesus' body was stolen. They tried to uh, spread that rumor. But if you were stealing someone's body, why would you leave the linen cloth there? Why would you leave the burial cloth there and just steal the body? No, that didn't happen because Jesus rose from the dead. And they were folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. You know, how many times if you read through the New Testament did Jesus tell his disciples, I'm going to die. I'm going to give up my life. I'm going to rise again on the third day. But even there in the tomb, they had trouble comprehending what exactly had happened. But we see that Jesus did rise from the dead. And this is proof of payment. The disciples find the stone rolled away. They find the linen wrappings lying there in the borrowed tomb. John doesn't go in. Peter goes in. The the face cloth is lying there. The linens are lying there. This all happened. This is what happened. Trans, this is another another proof of the resurrection is the transformed life of the disciples. Remember, Peter, just a few days before this, he denies Christ three times. He he curses and he says, I'm not, I'm not a part of that company that's been following Jesus. He failed so many times. But you're going to see Peter in the beginning of Acts and he's going to be that dynamic preacher who's preaching the gospel and thousands of people get saved. The transformed lives of the disciples is proof that the resurrection is real, that Jesus paid that payment for us, that our sin debt was paid for to tell us die. And you know what? Your life and my life being transformed by Jesus is proof that the resurrection is real, that there is resurrection power in our lives. You are proof of that. We need to live lives that are worthy of Jesus Christ. But you know what? We're not alone. If you look at 1 Corinthians 15, 6, the Bible says that there's 500 witnesses who saw Jesus. 500 witnesses. Jesus' life and resurrection are attested by many witnesses. It's, it's a proof. You know You know who Jose Rizal is. You know he lived because of historical accounts. We know the way that he died a martyr's death because of historical accounts. The Bible is the most accurate history book in the world, and it gives the testimony of many that Jesus rose from the dead. The resurrection is like a receipt. It's proof for you and me that our debt has been paid. Jesus died on the cross for you and me, and he rose again triumphant over everything. You know, you think about from Friday to Sunday, uh, what was happening uh, on Saturday? What was Jesus doing? And I, I, we're not going to take the time to read this, but in Ephesians 4, it tells us that, that Jesus led captivity captive. Those Old Testament saints were finally taken to heaven. And heaven. They had been in, in the place called Abraham's bosom. And the final payments had been made. Those sacrifices from the Old Testament where lambs and animals were sacrificed, sacrificed it just rolled the sins forward every year. And Jesus finally made that payment. Even from those, for those Old Testament saints, the Bible tells us Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world. Heaven was realized by those Old Testament saints. Heaven is now our home. And we can look forward to it because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. When we receive that free gift of salvation, hallelujah, what a Savior that died for us. He took our care of every every problem we would ever have, sin, death, and hell. He holds the keys to death and hell. And we have a home in heaven because of what He's done for us. Hallelujah, what a Savior. So go with me to number four. What does this mean for us? Sin is a debt you can't pay. And God will not credit your account until you declare bankruptcy in your life. When you admit that you cannot do it on your own. Your righteousness, your good works, your religion won't do it. Maybe you've been trying to do it without Jesus for your whole life. Now it's time to throw in the towel. Now it's time to surrender. Are you hoping that your good life will save you? Only the death of Christ on the cross, only his death, burial, and resurrection, is the payment that God will accept. Jesus' death on the cross is so complete that he can say paid in full to everyone on the planet and it's sufficient and it's sober. It's more than enough. It's nice to be a good neighbor and we need that right now. It, it's nice to be a good citizen and that is needed at this time. But none of those kinds of things will save you. It's like trying to take Monopoly money and sitting at S.M. at the grocery for hours and hours and hours. And you go in and do your shopping and you wait in line for hours and hours more it seems like. And you go to the register and and, and the worker rings up all your groceries and you pull out your Monopoly money and you try to pay the, the store with Monopoly money. But Monopoly money doesn't work in the real world. Only cash will work. Only a credit card or a debit card will work that, that's backed up by real hard cash. Good works are nice, but in God's economy, they won't pay for your sin. So what do you need to do today? I want you to think about this. If you died today, what would happen to you? Where would you spend eternity? You need to believe But you can believe all of this, that Jesus was born, he lived a perfect life, he died, he was buried, he rose again. But you need to confess your sins, and you need to accept and pray to Christ in faith. Place all of your faith on him, all of your eternity on him. Salvation is about faith in Christ alone. Look with me at Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. Because if you confess with your mouth that, the, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. You can admit that, God, I can't do it on my own. Jesus, I can't do it on my own. I accept the payment that you've made for my sin. On your best day. Your righteousness cannot earn you anything as far as salvation is concerned. We are all contaminated by sin. But Jesus buried your sin. He buried the sins of the whole world. Your sin was covered in that tomb. It was paid for by the blood of Jesus so that he could say to tell us die. It is finished. The transaction is done. There is nothing you can do except fall on the mercy of Jesus right now and ask Him to come into your life and be your Savior. But Christians, I want to give us four things very quickly before I invite someone to maybe pray and receive Christ as their Savior today. The resurrection gives us so many things. It gives us hope. Hebrews 6, verses 18 through 20 reminds us of this so that by two unchangeable things in that it is impossible for God to lie. We who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. Remember that when Jesus died, the temple veil was rent in two Uh, animal and temple sacrifices were no longer required But where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, Jesus is the anchor for your soul. Amen. Hallelujah. What a Savior. The resurrection also gives us joy. James 1 reminds us, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. And I know that for some of us, as this quarantine, as this shutdown just keeps dragging on and on and on. I know that for many of us, it's weighing on us. It's causing depression in some people's lives. It's causing us to despair because people don't have jobs and the food is running out and maybe you're scared. But remember, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. Also because of the resurrection, because of what Jesus has done in our lives, we have security. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. We have these great and precious promises. It is a salvation that is sure. But there's something else we have because of the resurrection, and that's purpose. It's a purpose to declare the goodness and the greatness of God to this generation, to a lost and dying world. Look with me at John 20, 21. This is after the resurrection. This is after Jesus appears to some of those witnesses, to his disciples and others that were around. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Hallelujah, what a Savior, who not only would die for us, who not only has saved us, he's given us security, and he gives us joy, and he gives us hope. He asks us to be involved in the great task of spreading the gospel around the world. I want to ask you to share this message today, maybe on your Facebook page. Maybe someone will hear this message and be saved today. It's our job. It's our, it's our responsibility. It is our privilege to declare that I am a follower of Christ that I've been saved and I've been redeemed, and I don't have to worry about what this life throws at me. I don't have to worry about what comes my way because I know these truths that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I know that I can do all things through Christ. I know that my God will supply all my needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I know that my Redeemer lives And I'll stand before him one day. I can say these things with confidence because Jesus did die on the cross. He was buried, but hallelujah, he rose again. He triumphed over everything for you and me. Do you know him? Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal savior? Are you trusting him today? Can I ask everyone to bow your head and close your eyes? If you're not sure about your eternal destiny, if you're not sure about what will happen to you when you die someday, realize right now how bankrupt you are spiritually. There's no way you'll ever make it on your own. But that's actually good news because there's someone, Jesus Christ, who already took care of your transaction for you, who's already paid the penalty for your sin. You just need to call out to Him. And if you're ready to do that today, if you want to know that your sins are forgiven, if you're tired of trying to do it on your own and failing and stumbling and falling over and over and over again, but if you want to call out to the Lord right now, would you pray to Him and pray something like this? Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I'm so sorry, Lord, for all my sins. I, become, I come before You poor and needy. I can't do this on my own. But Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I thank you for rising again. And I ask you to save me today. I want you to come into my life. I want you to be my Savior. Please save me and give me eternal life. Christians, can I ask you this? Do you need hope today? Do you need joy? Did you need to be reminded about the security you have in Christ? Did you need to be reminded about the purpose that we all have to keep spreading the gospel, keep praying, keep serving, keep witnessing? Can I pray for all of us this morning? Lord Jesus, we think think about you, and all we can do is say thank you. All we can do is say hallelujah, what a Savior. A Savior who would come and die for his enemies. and give his life for us your perfect sinless life jesus became that sacrifice for us we are eternally grateful and lord we put all of our hope in you all of our joy and security comes from you and all of our purpose is because of what you've told us to do lord we just want to live our lives for you Lord, we know that we are not worthy. But somehow, Lord, we want to live lives that are worthy of you. So help us, Lord. Help us as we have more time to read our Bibles and more time to pray. Help us to draw close to you. But help us to reach out to others and share this same hope with others around us. We love you beyond words, Lord. Thank you for the indescribable gift of salvation that you've given to us. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us here today. And we want to ask you that if you prayed to receive Christ as your Savior today. Uh, we would like to ask you to message us here at, at Sumo Long Baptist Church or message me personally. Uh, we'd love to, to rejoice with you and, and know that. If you have some prayer requests, let us know that. Let us know in the comments below that you were here at this service. And just want to remind you about a couple of things. We continue to distribute uh, food to those who need it. So if you would like to drop food by the church, if you're able to get through checkpoints and able to do that, uh, please feel free to drop by. And we're usually doing that on Tuesdays. Uh, now monday or tuesday each week and uh, we hope that if you'd like to help with that you hope, we hope that you're able to message me if you have any questions about that also want to say thank you uh, many of us have been able to get our offerings in now through various ways uh, but if you're still struggling with that let me give you a few options um, if there's some way that through the checkpoints we could come and get that from you and you'd like us to do that we would love to do that uh, if you could do that at a bank that, that's great. But if not, I encourage you just hold on to that. And when we have our big celebration services when we're able to meet together, uh, we'll collect those, at, those t- at that time. Also, I want to make mention we were supposed to have communion uh, this last Wednesday. We have postponed that until June. And so we will celebrate that together. Um, but we just want to let you know that too. God bless you guys. We love you guys. I miss you. I miss you more than I could tell you. But I'm so thankful we can be, meet here and see each other here. Keep praying for each other. We need that right now. Love you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us in this week's podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. God bless.